Welcome to the Piggy Bank Chronicles, a podcast about saving, investing, and living your best life. Hi everyone and welcome to the Piggy Bank Chronicles episode number 38, Portfolio Allocation Considerations. So we're going to go through the, the basic ideas of what you need to think about when you're building a portfolio. So really, when you talk about a portfolio, it's, it's an idea of all the assets that you own together. That could be stocks, it could be bonds, it could be real estate, it could be a business that you own or run, it could be anything that you consider is something important to your economic outcome. So let's go through at a high level what these are, and then let's drill into each of them individually. And this may seem a little harsh to you in terms of how I cover some of these, but it's going to be really important for you to understand why I'm saying these things are important and why, I guess, you need to be focused on them. So the, the list goes like this. Your age, your current assets, your income and savings rate, your financial goals, your risk tolerance, your financial IQ, and your tax versus pre-tax allocation. That's it. That's the list. Although there are probably a lot of other subtle considerations you may come into contact with, ultimately these are going to be the ones that you're going to be focused on when you're trying to think about saving and investing. So let's start with your age. The younger you are, on average, the more time you have for your savings to grow through investment. The more your age suggests you are closer to the end of your life than the beginning. And I'm not trying to tell you how old or young you are, but ultimately we all know that at certain points in our lives, we're not going to be alive anymore. (laughs) I guess at the very end. So we need to be thoughtful about that. We need to be considerate. We need to understand that at some point we're going to pass on what we have to those who come after us. Before that point comes, we're still alive and we're still investing and saving and managing our assets. So we need to be thoughtful of how much time we think we have left to do that. So the bottom line on this is time is your friend in investing, as in most things. The more you have of time, the more adventurous you should be with your investments. So now your current assets. Well, your current assets just means how much assets do you have in your portfolio? Do you have stocks? Do you have bonds? Do you have real estate? Do you have a personal business? What do you have that you're relying on to generate income for you? If you have very few assets, which most of us do starting out, then you should be really aggressive with your investing because why not? The old adage goes, what do you have to lose by doing that? If you have a lot of assets or more assets, if you've been saving over time, you need to be more thoughtful about how you allocate those things. The bottom line here is simple. When you start small, be bold, be aggressive, be assertive. As you get older and you get more assets, you'll have to plan the balance between risk and stability in your portfolio. The next item we talk about is your income and savings rate. This one seems almost counterintuitive, but it's kind of important. For folks that are going in to talk to a financial planner, they're going to be saying, hey, I need your help planning for my retirement. And the financial planner is going to ask you things like, well, how much do you make? How much do you save? 
What are you investing it in? And the reason they're asking you these questions is if you're living off of the income that you make, then you're not relying on your savings and your investing to drive your life. If you're not living off the income that you're making, then you are relying on your investments to drive your life. So if you rely, if you're, you have income that funds your life, then you can be more risky with your investments. If you are saving, then you can be more risky with your investments. If you rely on your portfolio to fund your life, then you need balance between growth and current income and stability in that portfolio. But here's the bottom line about all this. If you are not living off your savings, you need to be taking more risk in your portfolio. As you get closer to living off your savings, you take less risk. It's really as simple as that. Now let's talk about your financial goals. Well, for those of you that have listened to the podcast and remember the vision component, the vision series we had, the end component is what comes next. It's what do you want your life to be? What is your next, if you will? If you want to retire and live a modest lifestyle, then you don't have to take as much risk when you get closer to retirement. If you want to buy a private island, that probably means you're going to have to take big risks to reach that destination. Unless maybe you make a lot more than I did in my career. But the bottom line is simple. If you've listened to that vision series we did, and you know that understanding what comes next is key to making investment decisions today about the life you want to have intentionally, then you can make the right decision at any age for your portfolio based on what that next goal is for you. So here's the one that I'm going to go non-conventional on you. Risk tolerance. Yeah, you see, I, I'm struggling with this a little bit because I, I want to try to take the middle ground here, but I find repeatedly that the middle ground can be a dangerous place to be. But I'm going to try nonetheless to do that. So let's see where we go. There is an adage you hear in a lot of the finance space. It goes something like, you don't want a portfolio that keeps you up at night. The inverse is the same. You want a portfolio that helps you sleep at night. Let me tell you, that is a load of bull. If you have no risk in your portfolio, then you have no growth in your portfolio. You have no gain in your portfolio. Inflation is actually slowly taking your money away while you sleep comfortably at night. If you're a big chicken and you want to have a portfolio that works for you and not against you, then you need to cowboy up and include more risk. If you sleep bad, at least you'll be sleeping on a nicer mattress that you can afford. Look, I know that doesn't sound very nice, but the reality is there's a concept in finance called risk and reward. And without risk, there can be no reward. And I know that seems simple to say, but people really have to get that through their skulls. Time and time again, I encounter people who have made the choice to eliminate what they perceive as risk from their portfolio. And what they've eliminated from their portfolio is the opportunity for wealth, success, and growth. And they'll tell you, well, I don't need to be wealthy. No, you don't. You're fine. You don't want your portfolio to work against you. You really don't want to sleep poorly at night. 
I'm not suggesting you need to go invest everything in Bitcoin or something crazy like that. But what I am saying is traditional investment vehicles like stocks that are perceived as risky because of the volatility in the market over time will produce better results. And you need those better results to drive your wealth up and not down. So if you're not taking any risk in your portfolio, you are directly negatively impacting your outcome. And you need to be mindful of that. So look, here's the bottom line on this. Avoiding risk is a guaranteed way to make bad investments. Risk must exist for reward to occur. There's a lot of people today who are very excited about the current interest rates and CDs, and they will talk about that. CDs are a great place right now to park money you're going to use in the next one to two years. CDs are not an investment, and you should not treat them like an investment because they're not an investment. They're a place to park short-term assets. They drive up the risk-free cost of capital so that you're looking for better returns out of other investments, but they in and of themselves don't constitute an investment unless they are consistently above the rate of inflation. And even then, the principal growth isn't there in a CD. So the next one, now that we've gotten off of my high horse, is the financial IQ. This one's a lot simpler than you think. Don't buy stuff you don't understand. Something that I don't understand, I ask questions. I learn the basics. If you don't understand anything about personal finance, if you don't understand anything at all, then ask questions. Learn the basics about stocks and bonds, and then buy those preferably in a a mutual fund or an ETF that's indexed, an index fund, not a direct actively managed fund, but an index fund. If you do that, if you do nothing else but that, you are a genius of an investor. Your financial IQ is higher than almost anyone that you will hire to manage your money because consistently it's really, really hard to beat the market. Some of the greatest money managers in the world who have beaten the market didn't do it by buying and selling actively. They just bought and held companies over time. But they had a unique gift of picking the kinds of companies that they should be investing in. Unless you've got hours and hours every day to invest in that kind of research, focus on indexed ETFs and mutual funds, broad baskets of stocks and bonds, you're going to be fine. The bottom line, if your financial IQ is low, Everything you do is risky. The more you know, the lower your risk is. And a little knowledge helps out a lot when it comes to personal finance. The last one we're going to talk about is taxes versus pre-tax allocation. Pre-tax things are stuff like IRAs, Roth IRAs, 401k, 403b, that kind of thing. They can be great tools to grow your wealth with the caveat that maybe the 403B might be a great tool depending on the provider you're dealing with, but mostly I am suspicious of 403Bs in my limited experience. After tax accounts like your brokerage account are also good wealth building tools, but taxes are going to slow the growth in those accounts. Having both can be beneficial at different times in your life, and that's kind of an important thing to keep in mind. You don't want all your savings to be in your 401k, but you also don't want all your savings to be in your taxable brokerage account. Having a balance between an IRA and a brokerage account 
that's taxable is a really good way to approach investing. That way you can gain the benefits from both of those vehicles where they exist. As a general rule, you start with pre-tax, you invest as much as you can in that pre-tax vehicle, and then the remainder of your savings that you want to invest, you do it in a taxable account. That's just kind of how you should think about it. You don't have to do that, but that is the conventional wisdom. And I, if you're in the middle or, or towards the end of your investing journey, there's no reason to change that mantra. It's really only when you get near retirement and after retirement, you're relying on your assets that you might consider a different approach to that strategy. In reality, you are always going to pay taxes, though. Both account types will cause you to pay taxes. After-tax dollars are great because the federal government can't tax them, air quotes, again. Although, you know, it depends. Pre-tax dollars have a lovely surprise waiting for you when you get to use them because when you draw that money out of your 401k or IRA, surprise, the IRS is waiting there to tax it as earned income. By the way, this isn't a, a master class on taxes, but when you think about what rich people do and you think about what the poor and the middle class do, rich people pay less taxes than the poor and middle class because of all the things that the federal government taxes, earned income at the highest rates. Fun fact, what do most Americans rely on to get paid and to live their life? Hmm, I think it's earned income. Who could have foreseen that outcome? The federal government went after the largest tax base in America. And when you have money in a tax-deferred account and you take it out in retirement, the federal government swoops in and taxes it as earned income. It's a, it's a fun little surprise at the end of your career, so you just need to be aware of it. But the bottom line on this for you, in a general sense, is use pre-tax to save and invest first. Use after-tax dollars after that. Those, in a nutshell are, in my opinion, the biggest considerations that you're going to look at when you're thinking about how to construct your portfolio. And those are the drivers that are going to drive you. But ultimately, when you're constructing your portfolio, you're trying to balance two things. You're balancing risk and you're balancing reward. Risk is simple. I want to swing for the fences. I want to buy investments that are going to go up 100, 200, 300%. But an investment like that implies risk. It could go down 50, 75, 100%. That risk is easy to diversify out of. If you buy an S&P 500 index fund, the VOO Vanguard S&P 500 ETF, which any one of you can buy in any brokerage account, that ETF tracks the S&P 500 index. Your performance will match the market, good or bad. But you own 500 of the largest corporations in America. You're going to do just fine in the long term. If you buy Vanguard's BND Total Bond Market Fund, you're going to do just fine. You're going to be investing in every category of bond out there. You're going to be just fine. The bottom line is you can do a lot of risk management through diversification. But you have to understand the other levers that would drive you towards more bonds or more stocks in your portfolio. And ultimately, you can think of the balance between bonds and stocks as your lever for risk and reward. Simply put, bonds are about reward. They're paying coupon payments that help you live. 
Stocks are more about risk. They're about growth over the long term, but they could go up or down on any given day a lot with a lot more volatility than bonds are going to show. So let's recap. What are the things you need to think about when you're constructing your portfolio? How old you are? Your age? How many assets do you have? Your income and savings rate. Are you saving and investing or are you living off of your assets? Your financial goals. Where do you want to go? What is your next look like in your vision? Your risk tolerance. Don't think about that one too much. Don't be afraid to take some risks because with risk comes reward. With no risk comes the opposite of reward. Your financial IQ. If you don't have one, go get it. If you are smart enough to make money through any means, you are smart enough to invest money. I promise you, you are. And last but not least, your tax versus pre-tax allocations. Those basic considerations will help you a lot in thinking about how to construct a portfolio. And if you think about all of those levers, your balance between stocks and bonds, which is really the easiest lever to move, two fund portfolio, VOO, BND, and the allocation between those two, and you should be in good shape. So that's it. That's the basic ideas that I think you should be thinking about in portfolio construction. Next week, we're going to dive into something I think is going to be a little fun. We're going to give you a new framework for how to think about money. Right now, I think you're thought processes about money might be a little off and I'm going to try to give you a way to think about money that puts it in a new light for you and then the week after that we're going to come back and we're going to do something interesting we're going to go back to the old Robert Kiyosaki rich dad poor dad assets and liabilities thing but what we're going to do is we're going to talk about actual things that you can go buy and we're going to assess ask that question is it an asset or is it a liability and we're going to answer that question Until then, I hope you guys have a great week. Thanks for spending time with me. I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Goodbye. This podcast is not financial advice. We are not financial advisors. And content is for entertainment and educational purposes only. You should do your own research or consult a professional investment advisor before making any investment decisions. And, as always, thanks for listening to The Piggy Bank Chronicles.